0: I mean, you got louder. I don't know if that was the case. Not like bad or nothing. Just no, I
1: I figured it out. We're good. Oh, okay. Well. And welcome to Beerfield. I am your host, Beerfield Hop with two b's As always, joined by Beerfield Theory, two e's.
0: Boom, two e's. I got it right this time. I had to slow you it down. You did. I. I mean, it's been back to back weeks. You, you know, you channeled your inner episode one Nick, and yeah, you, you slowed Just. it down, and yeah, you, you gave the sweet, the sweet talkings. Sometimes you just got to slow it down to, to make it work there.
1: <laughs> all right. Sorry, still dialing in some audio. It went all sorts of, I don't know, why, what, how, etc. cetera, but knobs got messed with. Um, it happens. It does indeed happen. Uh, quick check, we are recording this during Thursday Night Football, so keep you updated on that as we go. San Francisco's up ten nothing on the Titans. Um Jeff Wilson has a touchdown. Debo Samuel off to a solid start. Fifty nine scrimmage yards uh still in the first half. So solid start there for Debo. Nobody
0: else doing a whole lot of much. Yeah, it's been uh it's been kind of uh it's been kind of bad. You know, two teams with, with you know struggling secondaries. Against two offenses that are actually getting healthier, and you know, ten nothing, <laughs> and I don't think Tennessee's done much either. Tennessee has not done much, and you know,
1: Jeff Wilson honestly was a debate for me right up until until Tim game Air. time. Yeah, just the league that I have him in. There's so many. You just lost Leonard Fournette. Swift is questionable. Harris is questionable. Gibson's questionable. You know. Yeah, everyone's questionable. Melvin Gordon questionable, likely to play. Had him as a backup option, but I, you know, still need to find at least two. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it. We're gonna throw Jeff Wilson in here.
0: He's a sure, <laughs> pretty much.
1: surefire starter at least.
0: I mean, it was between him and Devonta Freeman, and that was because a lot of thought on Rodon Jones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I mean that's really, and I still picked up Lev Bell, but that's that, that's pretty much been the cold case for me. It's yep. yeah. Uh, you have any bad beats last week? Uh I don't think so. Last couple weeks have been pretty, you know, brutal in those departments, but I lost uh first round of a playoff on the Russell Wilson interception by less than a was, point. Was that the Scott Fishbowl one cuz I thought you I thought that you were up and then No,
1: that was not Scott Fishbowl. Scott Fishbowl, I was kind of just clinging to dear life cuz everybody not named Kelsey dudded me last week there and i ended up out of that by like five points which whatever i saw
0: i mean i watched cuz you were you were i was right on one below break. yeah you were right th- i mean thankfully i had a you know I, I had a decent week and i got a sense So, beer feels so alive at at the very least good we both
1: made it out of the first round so that's something both made the playoffs that's something so i'm not disappointed by that but um yeah russell wilson interception guy had the rams defense and Oof that that put it over the top. I thought I was gonna survive. Had uh I think it was an eighteen point lead going into that game. He had uh he had Rashad Penny and the Rams defense going. And it took until that interception at the end for me to end up on the losing into that. But not disappointed. Um the journey of how that team got there. Losing what that team lost just kind of shows the importance of, of playing waivers, drafting f- drafting to have a deep team. Um you know, making the trades that you need to make at the right point in time. I mean, that's a team that started off with with Derrick Henry, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley. Um, oh. all lost Aaron Rodgers at points. Um, you know, made a trade for Tyler Lockett and didn't have Tyler Lockett last week. Had Leonard Fournette. He gets bounced out middle of the game. You know, if... <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. If it weren't for the bad luck on... Oh, DeAndre Swift is on that roster as well. So... Just the fact that I was even in the playoffs as a five seed, no less given, given Swift, Henry, Ridley, Robinson, what went on there was a, a testament to just my own managerial skills.
0: I mean, it, it, you know, it's always been preached and we always preach it in the offseason. It's, it's really important to listen to. Obviously, when you tell your casual you know, listeners or friends or whoever else that wants to listen, it, it's you don't win your fantasy leagues in the draft. In the draft, you can definitely help. you know, handicap yourself and it will help if you you know if you draft well, especially the double digit rounds. Mm-hmm. Um Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, Debo Samuel, he was double digits, but you know, later than expected, Cooper Cup in the fourth round and fifth round in a lot of drafts, won people a lot of leagues. Leonard Fournette was a round seven pick. I mean, he's part of the bigger part of the reason I was there. Yeah, you know, Fournette JT in that you know, you know, Fourth. two or three weeks span where he became like a third round pick because you know people were scared that Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz were gonna you know miss time. I mean, yeah. I was concerned, but I I wasn't that crazy. But I mean, there's there's times, and then just with how this year has been, especially the last two weeks, like this week's trying to outdo last week. Trying to, it's gonna have a trying hard time to. outdoing the
1: people that were <laughs> lost. In actual gameplay last week, though, particularly one of the biggest fantasy teams, yeah, that you had people from in general, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have lost. They, I mean, they lost pretty much everybody all in one game. So, Godwin done for the year, torn ACL. We'll talk more about who to target in the game preview, but Godwin done for the year with the torn ACL. You lose Leonard Fournette for at least the rest of the regular season. The pulled hammy, he's on IR. Um, Mike Evans going week to week with a hamstring issue. Um, they,
0: they had a rough go of it. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you know, it was the early you know thought that maybe Godwin, you know, was able to, you know, make it through without major injury. A lot of people were thinking that he'll be back in the actual playoffs, Bucks specifically. Um, I think a lot of people were a bit shocked that, well the worst came of it too and
1: we've heard that before though right where i mean take a hit like that first off you assume the worst the nfl's gotta do something to get that one out of the game like crown of the helmet to the knee while the receiver was planted
0: and the same guy who did that the godwin pulled that same shit on gronk so gronk was able to slow down and kind of yeah avert himself so whoever that fucking guy is i've seen his name floated it should be uh yeah, you gotta interactively, you know, punch in the fucking face for that. Like, I hate that mm-hmm. shit. Like, I I understand you can't go high to protect the head, but to but, go, you know, helmet first and try to take him out at the knee. Yeah,
1: wrap them. Ugh. Wrap them. Don't don't launch yourself into them. Right. I yeah, mean, yeah, wrap them up because you're just missing yourself at a guy's knee at that point. That's that's not gonna get it done when they're planted. Nope. Don't take the hit on the side like that. That's that's what you get is what happened with godwin so uh more on them in a minute first things first we got beer
0: you do what's fueling beer field
1: Uh, beer news first off i texted you about this earlier and you didn't respond Do you see that simon lazat's
0: getting his own beer I was wondering what you said. I saw that, and then because we were watching stuff, like I forgot to text you, Simon Lazad, That's who it was. I was like, "Who the fuck is Simon?" Yeah, and I, then wa- I just forgot to text you because I was doing stuff. I was watching Simon Lazad, own beer, huh? Yeah, I
1: was watching his uh, vlogmas on YouTube. <clears throat> he's that's getting, awesome. He's getting his own beer. Uh, this guy had a uh, a place up in Massachusetts that's doing it. So I don't think they distribute. So he probably can't get our hands on it. But damn, but I'm going to try. Um, all right. I'll go ahead and start. It's the holiday season. I have, it's called Krampus Cole. It's a Baltic style porter with whole vanilla beans added. And the BJCP, this Baltic porter, not a well known style, so we're going to do this. The BJCP defines a a Baltic porter as having malt flavors reminiscent of an English porter and their strand roast of a Schwarz beer with a higher alcohol content. Very complex, with multiple layers of malt and dark fruit flavors. The aroma should be a rich, multi sweetness, often containing caramel, toffee, nutty to deep toast, and or licorice notes. Complex alcohol and ester profile of moderate strength, reminiscent of plums, prunes, raisins, cherries, or currants. Uh, occasionally with a Venice port-like quality. Mm. Some dark, malt character that is deep chocolate coffee or molasses, but never burnt. No hops, no sourness on the nose should be dark reddish copper to opaque dark um, and said rich malty sweetness, complex blended deep malt, dried fruit, alcohol warmth. So the alcohol should show up in this beer. Um, Yeah. So it's basically a Porter with balls and a bit more of a fruity note to it. (laughs) And this one does have whole, whole vanilla beans added. I don't know if I said that. So you
0: did. That's it. Sounds good. I, I, I've had the shoots Baltic Porter. I was not a big fan of. Oh right, this is from uh, Westside Brewing in Ohio. But you make it sound delicious. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'll let you know. I went to uh, you remember that liquor store we stopped at on when we uh, went to hang out with Rudder Lounge and stuff outside of Indy.
0: Yeah, shout out to Brab too, by the way. Yep,
1: Um, that place, the one that had like the gift baskets and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We stopped there on the way back through and party stores and stuff while we were down there because I had to go to New Riff last Friday.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, because you had to pick up a barrel, a barrel right, and two hundred yeah. bottles. <laughs> All right, I am drinking. Hold on, I got to get the bottle for this because this is pretty cool. I mean, the bourbon itself is, uh, you know, I'll get my thoughts on it a little bit. So I, I got seventeen ninety two. This is their sweet wheat. So you can tell based on the bottle. Yeah, uh, the the label is kind of inverted, so it's all it's all fucked up. But this is, you know, kind of sought after. I asked I asked Chris about it, and he was like, "Well, it's a bit overrated." I told you exactly. But you got to give thought. it a try. Yeah. Exactly what it was. It, I also didn't, you know, spend secondary. I got, you know, I was yeah. able to get it at Benny's. So. If it was secondary, that would have been a don't even think. No, just flat yeah. out no. No, no, but I got this is recommended to me from you know, somebody's that work there, you know, based on price and based on what I I generally like. So I will give my thoughts on this. Uh, are off the show at some point, yeah. I also have thoughts on that. All right,
1: um, (laughs) real quick, one note, and then I think we're just gonna jump straight into game previews because. Of sure. a child that doesn't want to sleep. It's eight thirty the week before Christmas. By the way, happy holidays to everyone. Before we get started, just would like to say that if you're hanging out with us, it's week sixteen. This would normally be the end of the fantasy season. We got one more week after this. So, um, but if you're hanging out with us, you know we we thank you for coming through this ride, all the transitions, everything uh, that's happened over the last several years. This season, for the first time in ever of doing the yeah. show i've actually gotten through it without a point where i just felt burnt out or like i didn't want to sit down and where i hated the idea that we were going to sit down and record you know i i've i feel like this season's got a lot easier i'm grateful for y'all hanging out while we found that found a rhythm found something that worked found something that you know while sometimes the shows drag on two plus hours by the way thank you for that we're working on it um the the content to me at least talking about it has not been dry it's flowed it's kept moving and for that i'm also grateful
0: yes because sometimes it takes 368 episodes but we get there we do get that appreciate you the ones that have listened from day one the ones that have listened to from maybe tomorrow when you find the episode or or in two days or whenever you listen to this so we, we appreciate it we hope everyone out there has a happy holidays as, uh, you know, we'll be back on before New Year's, but also have a safe New Year's. Yep, we will be back on before
1: New Year's. Um, That safe part though, I want to bridge. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about on this show, since we are alcohol-centered, Vincent Jackson. Um,
0: I can't, yeah, I've, I've, it's sad.
1: Cause of death came out. Stage 2 CTE, family reported he was suffering from paranoia. Um, all sorts of, of bad things that come along with that. And essentially drank himself to death. So, you know, we talk about mental health a lot on the show. Uh, if you struggle with mental health, please seek help. Be that, reach out to a friend, reach out to somebody. You know, a friend, one of us. Reach out to, you know, trusted counselors. Uh, you know, it's. I know the cost of mental health help a lot of times is is prohibitive to to people. But you know, find find something, find somebody to talk to. And if you struggle with alcoholism, please, please, please get help for that. I had a buddy that also drank himself to death, um, way too young of an age. So if alcoholism is is something that you struggle with, um, you know, please, please, please treat that. Seek out the help that, that you need to, to get over that, to deal with that. Uh, you know, we drink casually on this show, but if you're drinking in excess constantly, you, you need to have that addressed because of the long-term health impacts. And if you're doing that to hide other things or to numb other things, you need to um, get that root cause taken care of and and start to talk to somebody. You know, CT is a, a, a terrible thing and we're just starting to understand the, the impacts of that. It cannot be diagnosed while you're living. But if you know something's not right, talk to somebody. Absolutely. Well said. Way too soon. Way too soon. All right. Um, I said we're just going to jump into some of these week 16 previews because it is championship week, so that's what we want to do, right? Um, we want to make sure that we get you guys all set up and, and ready for this, not championship week, sorry, semifinals week. Most championship weeks are now week 17. So It definitely feels like we're in uh... – <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're in that
0: grind. It's now, it's that time of year. No, we
1: don't need to talk about Niners Titans because it's ongoing. They're at the half, I
0: believe. Yeah, about. Anyways, all right, let's we'll just roll into this. Browns at the Packers. Packers are seven and a half point favorites at home. 45 and a half. is the game total. Look, I don't I don't know how Baltimore kept it in. Hey. I kept themselves in this past week against them. Shout out to just what what John Harbaugh has done with all that. But this is a great matchup for them. Yes, I think Baker's expected to be back. A lot of the guys that were on uh, COVID, I think, are expected to be back. There's still a lot of issues with this roster. And Green Bay is so still one of the best teams in football and one of the best teams to bet on in football. So I, I'm going back to the well. I'll take... I'll, I'll give the seven and a half points and I'll take green Bay at home. Uh, I'll take the under in this to Uh green Bay's defense is, is very good. And we, we've seen Cleveland and just the struggles that they can have. If, if the passing game isn't on and they become too one dimensional. Sure. And looking at who's in, who's out, what
1: are we dealing with here? Cause there are still, a bunch of COVID implications, so we are going to go through COVID and injury reports before we get into fantasy advice. Uh, the Packers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling um, on the COVID list, I believe. At least on a couple fantasy platforms, he was already showing us out. Um, yeah. So, Valdez-Scantling not going to play. I believe he did see a good amount of work last week, so it's going to be a bump up for Alan Lazard. And what is a plus matchup there? Um, that's for Green Bay. For the Browns, they're getting somewhat healthy, uh, but not really. Also, there's still people on that list. J.C. Tretter, their center, has been added to that list. Greg Newsome, one of their two cornerbacks. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is still there. Case Keenum, Kareem Hunt, Mac Wilson, Tony Fields, A.J. Green, the cornerback. Ronnie Harrison, Baker Mayfield, still there. He should be back. Um, John Johnson, so Jarvis Landry. So still some people that we're expecting to see activated that have not been activated yet off that list. So for Cleveland, you're really going to have to pay attention, um, you know, to what's going on there. As far as Green Bay goes, you know, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, both splitting work, you know what you're getting there at that point in time. Said, I expect Alan Lazard and a plus matchup to get a little bit of a boost. One concern for Green Bay pass catchers is can Cleveland um, score enough to keep up? Can they push the pace? Um, or is this going to end up in a, you know, Packers can slow the game down, really lean on Dylan and Aaron Jones there and, and run that out. Last week they couldn't. You know, this week we'll see. Largely depends on, you know, how healthy they can get. The good news is, is uh, you know, Packers I would expect to struggle a little bit more with bottling up Nick Chubb. But Chubb's about the only thing I'm interested in. Um, yeah. For the Browns, absent Landry being healthy, we did have some Donovan Peoples-Jones flashes but, you know, you're in the semifinal of your championships, and I'm just not willing to trust the inconsistency that has been Donovan Peoples-Jones. Also, well, he saw eight targets, just 48 receiving yards on those.
0: Yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, obviously with Nick Ballins they're not the, at least even the top two quarterbacks. Plus, you get one of the best secondaries. Eric Stokes has, has really, really, really... Uh, taking off second half, especially very you know, quick too. Especially with you know with J- with Jair on IR and then coming back and and, and him getting back to his uh, form, this Green Bay secondary is going to be fucking brutal. Yeah.
1: No. Hey. Yep. Move it on. I guess. Moving on. Um. Yeah. I don't really have anything on the tight ends. They're both. Uh, Dukawara and Njoku are both kind of low-level plays, so. Yeah. All right, Uh, sorry, I didn't look at injuries. Pardon me. Don't mean to cut you off there. You're good. Um, so, for the Browns, uh, John Johnson is out with a hamstring injury. Their safety. Garrett and Malik Jackson are questionable. Keep an eye on those two because, you know, pass rushers. Yeah. Um... Nothing, let's see, Billy Turner officially out for the Packers. So, well, it was Doc Diari, so they're missing some linemen. Uh, could be you a know, little bit of a boost if Garrett and Jackson play. Slight boost for the um, Cleveland defensive line, but, I mean, they've been playing without them anyway. Biggest thing to note there is that MVS is not officially listed out yet. He is on fantasy platforms. He's not for the NFL injury report. Definitely a situation to keep an eye on, especially if you're considering somebody like Lazard. Again, I wouldn't if I can avoid it just because I'm concerned about the Browns' ability to push the the scoring with Green Bay.
0: Yeah. I th- it, it can easily turn into just two teams running the football and Green Bay doing what they need to do. Yep. All well, right, now move on. Sorry. All right, no, you're good. Uh, Colts at the Cardinals. Cardinals are one-and-a-half point favorites. 48-and-a-half is the game total. Colts have looked good even in their loss against Tampa Bay, which has been their only loss since the, uh, the it's since, since Halloween here or, you know, yeah, since the end of October. So I I like the Colts, you know, the Cardinals, it just hasn't been, it just hasn't been great for them. They get embarrassed by Detroit, you know, in Detroit when they were the best road team in football, um, you know, the lots of Hopkins has been, you know, has been duly noted and you have arguably the, you know, easily the best running back in football who's playing at the highest of his point right now. It's going up against one of the worst run defenses in a run defense that, that made Detroit's third, fourth and fifth trainers look, you know, decent. So um, like the Colts to cover in in this one. Um, And I like the, I do like the over. Cause I think you're going to see, Arizona kind of have to press a little bit more. James Conner is out. um, That does play a little bit into it. Or not out, excuse me. He hasn't been practicing. Hasn't been practicing, not out. Um, So just keep that in mind. All right. Um, As we get into the fantasy
1: side of this one, the Arizona Cardinals were one of the least snake-bitten teams last week. They still are. Um, other than Rodney Hudson, who's still on the COVID list, their punter, Andy Lee, the only other person that they're missing. Uh Indy also had been relatively unscathed. Rocky being the most uh noteworthy person they're missing as they're down a cornerback. From the injury front, um Colt Center Ryan Kelly looks to be out for personal reasons. Andrew Sadejo um out with a concussion. So Yeah. Ryan eh. Kelly the bigger the bigger issue there. Uh, and as you mentioned, James Conner questionable, as is Rondell Moore for the Cardinals. Um, looking at this matchup, um, Cardinals just got beat by Detroit. So they're going to be looking to bounce back and, and put a stamp on things. Colts, especially with Jonathan Taylor, absolutely can push the scoring. Um, you know, From a Cardinals perspective, Christian Kirk coming off back-to-back good weeks. 12 targets last week, playing from behind. Uh, 94 yards and a touchdown. You're absolutely chasing that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to look at Arizona against running backs here real quick. I know their defense has performed better than, than normal. I mean, you're not sitting Jonathan Taylor, right? So I guess it really <laughs> doesn't matter what I tell you to expect. Um, the other note here is is Michael Pittman. So I'm not interested in you – know, like James Conner, if he plays, totally interested in that. Fine, he's a goal back. You're going to plug him in as a running back to a running back three. This is not the time to get cute. Christian Kirk's the only wide receiver I want. Doesn't Rondale Moore has no bearing on that. Uh, Michael Pittman put up a little bit of a dud last week. This is a game where I do expect um, the Colts probably have to throw a little bit more. And I guess that kind of is the one area where, where, you know, can Jonathan Taylor control this game or is he just going to be a, a part of this game comes into play? And that's as it relates to, to Michael Pittman. Um, the Cardinals, yeah, towards the bottom of the league as far as running back points go. So, their points allowed to the running back. They gave up 100-plus yards to Craig Reynolds. Good. Sonny Michelle's best performance in a decade. And <laughs> 20 points to Montgomery, so yeah. Um, Pittman, I'm a little iffy on. I think that you're probably going to get good floor from him like you normally do in this one given the amount of scoring but it does look like this is a game that Jonathan Taylor can just take over if he wants to so
0: yeah and you know to speak it to the cardinals don't have the same type of defense as the patriots to like you're going to and then the, the offense in itself we know what the cardinals can be on offense even without Hopkins so this game could get hot this could be you know easily in the mid to high 50s in total game score and both teams are you know, are just kind of I won't say scoring at will by means, but are putting up decent points. So, not the worst game to attack with some of these flex options. If you're looking at like you know, like an AJ Green, yeah, not, it's not it's it's not you know pretty or sexy, but these are the kind of games and and when you're in these semifinals or trying to you know to not lose your constellation bracket. Well, and you
1: you know the other thing here too is if you I mean if you have Godwin or Evans, you very well could have been a a yeah. playoff team and now you're going to have to try to do something to fill that a.j green does have 18 targets over the last two weeks and 166 yards without um without hopkins so you know he's right up there with christian kirk as far as that receiving work goes uh, And the, they're
0: going to need this offense to to be yep to take that step up
1: and then zacker for as far as tight ends go that aren't upper echelon has very very good floor um, seventy-four yards last week, forty-two yards a week before. Not a ton of red zone work since coming over to Arizona, but you know,
0: he'll be important. I think. I think he will down be too. this stretch too, because he'll be. He's still a great receiving threat, and without Hopkins and, and, and you know Green, kind of yes, Kurt's more of the slot guy. They they need that bigger body target in the red zone. So I can mm-hmm. see Ertz if they get down there. I can see Ertz getting some more. I can as well getting some work done all right all right bucks at the panthers bucks are 10 point favorites on the road a 43 even is the game totaled as we've mentioned multiple times now no godwin probably no evans no Fournette. they do get antonio brown back and uh they're coming off an embarrassing loss scoring no points against the saints uh this feels like Brady is going to take this personally. And while the Panthers do have a decent defense, we've seen Brady get it done with far less and far worse receiving options. He still has Gronk. He still has Antonio Brown. You know, Scotty Miller has been productive with at times and Tyler Johnson stepped up in the absence of Godwin last year. So I'm not betting against Brady in this point. I know it might be tough. But outside of the, you know, outside of this Saints game, they did cover four games in a row. And the Panthers have yet to cover in the last four weeks. So I'll take my chances on the Bucks at minus ten. I'm staying away from the game total. I just don't trust the Panthers with this uh, Cam Newton news and then Sam Darnold's gonna be seeing some playing time as well.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh looking at COVID list, by the way, one other note on the Bucs receiving core. They also don't have Paraman. So, Rashad Perriman, at least right now, is still on the COVID list for the Bucks. So, and as far as the Panthers go, um, looks like offensive line mostly, Matt Barkley. All right. As far as the Buccaneers go, I completely agree with you, Dan. Uh, they're going to take this personally. Brady is not going to have a second, second complete dud game in a row. So... Okay. What that means is uh, Tyler Johnson's probably already been scooped up off of waivers, but I'm starting Tyler Johnson with confidence. You have no Evans. You have no Godwin. Johnson came into the league very much as a question mark. He was a guy that was super productive in college, um, didn't test athletically. Um, so you were left with a lot of, well, a lot of question marks, but. He was a black box prospect. He wasn't complete. Yep. Not complete, but you have, you know, film guys. I've had good luck with film on on wide receivers. Tyler Johnson's a guy that I very, very much like. Um, you know, he's a very solid route runner that showed some breakaway speed, not unlike, um, you know, similar traits to guys like a, a Cooper Cup or a Gabe Davis. Or not a Gabe Davis. He wasn't a great route runner. He was a good body position guy. But like a Cooper Cup or an Alan Lazard coming out. Those are two guys that. I would kind of compare the skill sets to, from what I saw on tape. Obviously, that's not athletic metrics. Don't get your panties in a wad, analytics folks. I do analytics too. It's just harder with Tyler Johnson. So I'm relying on film and what I've seen from other people. Seven targets last week too. Tyler Johnson is not an unknown commodity. He is uh, second year in the league, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it's the second year in the league, and he has been productive when given the opportunity. Said this you know last game playing from behind seven targets 41 yards the productivity wasn't there uh the Saints were just after it the whole time uh you know a little bit of productivity the year before particularly towards the middle of the season so he's probably going to be outside of Antonio Brown the next best option and they're going to need somebody other than Antonio Brown uh Scotty Miller really wasn't hammered on that hard um he'll be the the third receiver on the field that expect a lot more work to go gronks way and uh you know ronald jones is going to step into this running game without leonard fournette and ronald jones is good in flashes he's gonna have a chance to to show what he can do uh they did just sign love bell don't expect him to be super involved not excited about that one um and Keyshawn vaughn will also get a chance in a bit of an increased role um you know, they've said that this is Ronald Jones' offense. I'd expect him to not quite get the line share that Leonard Fournette got. Um, you know, Fournette was, I mean, other than getting expelled for a series or two, you're seeing the majority of the work. So, um, I still expect Ronald Jones to get the majority of the work. just not as big of a piece of the pie there. On the Carolina side of this, um, it's a lot worse. <laughs> you know, DJ Moore is on a, uh, we'll call it a not great stretch. A mediocre stretch, if you will. Sure. For DJ Moore. Sure. Yeah, he had a hundred yard performance back two weeks ago, but the target volume is there for DJ Moore. Um he's getting double digit targets. He's the most surefire thing you can start for the Panthers. You're not getting a ton of productivity out of that target volume though. The offense is relatively in disarray and it's not exactly super efficient target volume either, given that his quarterbacks are are both kind of not good. So um, yeah, I trust the target volume for DJ Moore and the Panthers' running game since Cam Newton came back, has gone uh, pretty much non-existent.
0: So, yeah, it's gonna be
1: it's gonna be rough. I'm hoping this. To, I'm hoping this is just a bloodbath and DJ Moore I, is
0: the only thing I'm remotely interested <sighs> on, on the Panthers' side. Yeah, and even then, if the if 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 the reports are true that Darnold is going to be seeing some some snaps in this too. It's just, it's, it, it, it may be wise to just avoid completely avoid Carolina. If you can, absolutely. If you can, if absolutely. I mean, you know, DJ Moore maybe even, but it's, yeah, I love we'll a
1: lot more on more in the off season because I think what I'm going to find is that he's going to be a value. I really, really like next year.
0: Yeah. He's, he is, he's your next Brandon cooks. So and these guys that just continue to perform Cooper cup, and get and disrespected. Me. Cooper Cup's he already feels like he's going to be a value next year. As oh, yeah. I'm, I'm already seeing, you Pe- know, people are going to be talking about regression there. We'll get into that. Love a lot yeah. of that. I'm sure Adam Thielen would also love to have a conversation about regression and how bullshit it can be at times. Yep. <laughs> All right. Chargers at the Texans. Chargers are 10.5 win favorites. 45 <laughs> at, at, at Houston. Uh, 45 and a half is the game total. Uh, I, I'm probably just going to stay away from this. Uh, the Chargers have been—I won't say disappointing. Um, most of their games continue to be close, regardless of opponent. And when you get a spread that's double digits with a team that struggles to put teams away, or or at times will will play down to their opponent. In Houston, with Davis Mills, has has been better, better, not good. Than, uh, that, that great, but when when you see people out there that you respect ask the question: Is Davis Mills the second best rookie quarterback this year? And you have to kind of pause to think about it. Hey, that speaks to how bad the rookie quarterbacks been this year. You know, sans Mac Jones, but also just you know, Davis Mills has not been as bad as people think it is. So, I may even take Houston at home with this double digit spread. And just hope that they can get it a couple early scores, or, you know, or or get that backdoor cover. Um, I'll take the over in this too. I I do expect uh, to, there to be a, a bit of scoring, not a lot, but a bit. All right,
1: from the COVID bloodbath, looking at Houston, big list.
0: <laughs> big. Oh, is it happening?
1: That, oh, that's right. Brandon Cooks is on there now. Fuck. Lonnie Johnson, Roy Lopez, Eric Murray, Jordan Jenkins, Justin Britt, Titus Howard, um, Kami Fairburn. Hmm. Brandon Cooks is on there along with Fairbairn. Uh, Eric Wilson, Jaleel Johnson. A lot of D-linemen. A lot of O-linemen. Christian Kirksey, Grigier Grigier Hill. Um, Houston's hard hit. And Brandon Cooks is what you're watching here because he's a guy that had double-digit targets in each of the last two games. Since Davis Mills took back over, I mean, he's been been very, very viable. As far as the Chargers go, um, not quite as bad, but Austin Eckler, Jalen Guyton, both there. Um, Joey Bosa right now. Corey Lindsley. So... And Andre Roberts. I mean, also some names there for the Chargers. These aren't complete lists, by the way. These are just guys that are big enough players to affect the outcome of the game, the target share of the game, et cetera, et cetera. Austin Eckler being there. Um, yeah. If Eckler doesn't play, you're going to get a combo of Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly there. It may be a little bit earlier around Tree, but he's kind of disappeared, thank God. Um, <laughs> so Justin Jackson's been very, very productive without Austin Eckler. Over the past three seasons, um, and it's a plus matchup for the running games. Honestly, um, I don't expect Keenan Allen to have any problems for the Chargers. He's been on a on a total tear. Guyton doesn't swing the target volume a lot. His four targets aren't going to change anybody. So, um, you know, it's going to be Palmer just working into more Guyton's routes. You're not you're not chasing that, especially not knowing if. Houston's going to be able to push the pace, and not having Brandon Cooks for Houston really scares me. You mentioned how well Davis Mills has been doing. Well, 21 targets to Brandon Cooks, 15 receptions, 200 yards, and two touchdowns over the last two weeks against Jacksonville and Seattle. Chargers do have a better defense than Jacksonville and Seattle, so they do. a little bit more of a test, especially if Joey Bosa can get can get back. Um, the other thing that scares me a little bit with that one is if you don't have Brandon Cooks. You know, you're relying on guys like uh, Jordan Akins, Philip Dursett, Nico Collins to take on the workload, a bunch of unproven commodities. Um, I'm avoiding Houston at all costs outside Brandon Cooks. If Brandon Cooks doesn't play, I don't want to chase anything there. Uh, Rex Burkhead has floor. There is no upside to that, and that floor is not very high. I mean, it's like a basement
0: with short ceilings. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take this back. I, I I completely forgot just how wrecked Houston was, especially even about the Bernie Cooks news. It, yeah. it it might be, it, change it. Take the Chargers in the under. Houston may not score points, and yeah. the Chargers without yes, with Justin Jackson will be fine on the ground. They may lean on the passing game a little bit more, especially early on to get up to an early lead to where they especially don't have to. Keenan Allen healthy out. and Jared Cooks there and. Mike Williams. Yeah, Justin got, Jackson's an adequate pass catcher. Yep. So, borderline no. good pass catcher,
1: but so is Austin yeah. Eckler, which is why he never gets used his, in that role. Um, so yeah. Definitely that's another one you keep an eye on through through Sunday. We are recording this on Thursday, so with the new protocol, some of these guys absolutely could get healthy by that time. So, absolutely. But we'll prep you for both. Anyway.
0: Anyways. Moving on. Giants at the Eagles Eagles 10 point favorites at home Forty and a half 40 and a half. is the game total. <sighs> Eagles have covered four of their last five, five of their last seven. Um, look, we don't like to advocate betting double digit spreads, even though it's what's what, what we've kind of had to, to start this game preview or these are these game previews Philly at home giants completely decimated. I do like Philly. I don't know if they're going to cover, Look, it's been, it's been kind of up and down hurts has been while he's been fine and, and great at points. It's been a, a little bit back and forth as a, as an overall quarterback at times here and their offense has been, you know, spar at times, uh, Miles Sanders being back and healthy and being absolutely productive has been absolutely great to see, but it, it, it's hard to trust Philly it's hard to trust in these divisional matchups. I'm probably just going to avoid this game betting. I, I it spreads too high, and game total it feels like it's a trap uh, to take the over here because I don't. I the Giants are just completely banged up. Giants
1: are completely banged up, and there's nobody there that you want on the receiving side of it Kenny a leading target getter but he's been very very inefficient with his targets um you've got a divisional matchup here those tend to be lower scoring anyway so I really don't want anything to do there the running game with the Giants is where it gets a little interesting Saquon Barkley while he's not been his explosive self given the The landscape of the running back right now, where you potentially have no Eckler. You just lost Leonard Fournette, who's been one of the most consistent backs in the game. Um, You know, Barkley's given you some decent floor the last couple weeks, especially given his involvement in the pass catching game. Um, You know, you were upwards of 10 points with him last week, so you're okay with that in the flex role. And then Devontae Booker has actually looked like the more efficient runner. So um, those are just if you have Saquon and you need to start him, okay. Um Booker's more of a if you need an emergency fill in. Uh on the other side of this, Eagles have been good. Have been okay also. I don't want to say good. I almost said good, and then I immediately regretted that, that almost that, that almost came out of my mouth. <laughs> uh Dallas Goddard's been their most reliable weapon. he has been a beast He's lately. has been an ab- yeah, absolute beast. Um, I'd expect them to continue to lean on him. Devonta Smith has kind of fallen off here over the last three to four weeks. Um, So, you know, I don't necessarily want to trust Smith. The target volume hasn't really been there either. Um, Under six targets each of the last three weeks. So Dallas Goddard's been their most reliable option. But the other thing that's been super reliable with Philly has been the running game. Miles Sanders, after a bunch of uh, early season, we'll call them transgressions, um, back to back hundred yard games. Uh, really, the last four games have been pretty freaking good for him. Um, still no rushing touchdowns, so he's not being used down around the red zone. But the yardage is absolutely there. He's also getting some receiving work. So, uh, you know, Miles Sanders has found his way back to relevancy as a as an NFL running back. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, it's uh,
1: oh, also George. Jalen Hurts is. What's that? I was just gonna say also Jordan Howard still uh
0: essentially splitting work with him almost evenly. And Sanders has just been hyper efficient. Hurts it's it's channeling his inner can boot and just taking literally all, all the goal line work. Get you know, two rushing touchdowns, two I think one yard touchdown runs mm-hmm. against Washington Tuesday night. Uh field goal for the
1: Titans looks like that was a relatively decent AJ Brown drive. He's up to seven for fifty five.
0: Yeah, Your Thursday night uh, football update. Yeah. Thank God. Already 11 targets, and we're not even halfway through the third quarter yet. So leaning on their their best playmaker, which obviously what you know teams should do. So Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals, three point favorites at home. 45 and a half is the game total. Still no update on Jackson and whether or not he's gonna play. He's not practicing right now, I think. It sounds like they're leaning towards that. Huntley was obviously very serviceable at his backup because the offense literally doesn't change at all when only takes over. Um, just speaks to the ex- exceptional drafting and putting teams together by the by the Ravens. Um, but they've been. <sighs> I almost want to say, if only plays, I want to take Baltimore. The offense just flowed much better than what. You know, they what Lamar is going through at this point. The He's passing your ball mode. It took better float a lot there's, better. There's a lot to learn. There's still a lot to learn from, you know, Huntley's performance that Jackson can take from mm-hmm. Jackson is obviously still like he'll, he is the guy, but, you know, you know, the decisiveness and I'm sure that the Ravens, mm-hmm. you know, simplified the game plan a bit and probably told Huntley just to take Holy his first Christ. One or two reads and that's it. So Marquise
1: Brown had a week last week that would make Jamison Crowder put proud. <laughs> you see his final stat line? No. What was it? Uh, fourteen targets, ten receptions, forty three yards.
0: Oh, wow, that's guy. They really neutered his role. <laughs> I mean, if you don't, I mean, Humley doesn't have a huge arm. Yeah. The, so it, there's it no is, need. And, and, you know, the best way to maximize a guy like Brown too is he's also very fast. You, know, you put him in space. I was just going to say that just screams everything went
1: at the line of scrimmage, essentially.
0: Yeah. Damn. Between him and, uh, you know, Mark Andrews blowing up. <coughs> hopefully, if the Mar does play, they take of what they've learned against Green Bay and they apply it to the rest of the season game plan. Because both these teams, the Ravens and Bengals are so vying for playoff spots. AFC North is nowhere near settled yet because you because he, both the, Either eight and six or seven and seven in it. So, Holy uh, shit. yeah. Javier Garoppolo was, with another pick. Who did? Oh, Garoppolo again? threw another pick. Yep. I'm playing against him in one of my uh, semifinals. The guy has uh, Garoppolo, Kittle, and uh, Debo Samuel. So, I'm really fucking praying for a bad Garoppolo uh, performance. Kittle and hopefully, just surviving. two for
1: 21 right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep that going. As much as I love you, let's just keep that going. So, yeah. Uh, Bengals, I'll take at home, minus three, and I'll take the over. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we're all over the place right
1: now. From... But yeah, we are. That's all right. We can do that, though. All right. They're God-given right. Indeed. ABCs are hard. All right, Baltimore Ravens. Josh Oliver. <laughs> um was just the first name on the list, really. Uh, Pernell McPhee and Justin Houston, so a couple of linebackers. Jimmy Smith, Sammy Watkins is your COVID list. For the Bengals, uh, just Chidobe Awuzie. So, not a whole lot of people gone there. Uh, The Ravens are relatively chalk right now. It doesn't matter if it's Huntley or Lamar. Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown are the two guys that are getting the majority of the receiving work. Bateman's had a big game, but... Um, and started off with some nice floor. He's been relatively inconsistent, though, so I Makes sense. completely have a hard time trusting that. Um, it's a rookie in the Ravens' offense, which is an inconsistent passing offense anyway. Um, so Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown are the two guys I want there. Uh, Devonta Freeman gave up a little bit in that running back. to Running back, uh, we'll call it race, but it's more like a, a slow crawl to Latavius Murray. So I don't want to start either back if I can help it. And if you're still playing for something meaningful at this point, you're probably not starting either back. Probably don't even have either back (laughs) on your roster unless they're at the very end there. Um, I do. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) they got to play
0: Jeff Wilson over Devonta (laughs) Freeman.
1: Right. Um, The other side of this one for the Bengals, uh, keep an eye on Joe Mixon. He does have an ankle injury. So, um, so, Maja P. Ryan stands to get the majority of the work of mixing can't go. Should be all right, though. Um, your receivers, we just saw the Ravens get kind of caught up in a shootout. They're banked up in the secondary. Is in, like, they just signed seven Shooks cashiers to make up their secondary. So, um, <laughs>
0: Oh, that, that's, that's
1: good news for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and potentially Tyler Boyd as long as the points get pushed in this game. We've seen that Huntley can keep up with that and actually push points there. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing really here that I want to shy away from. Uh, you know, Boyd obviously being the the lower productivity of the of those guys. Um, there's nothing that the Ravens have, though, to scare me away from, from the Bengals other than, you know, rush game a little bit. Mixing could be in for a floor game, but... Yeah, you by know, without knowing who you'd start over
0: him, which is probably not a lot of people at this point, you just roll with it. Yeah, this game feels very much it's very chalk. chalk, like you said. I and mean, then you're playing whatever Ravens quarterback, Andrews Brown, and then the Bengals passing game along with Mixon. Yeah, uh, Devonta Foreman touchdown off that pick. Devonta Foreman,
1: there we go, boom!
0: Makes me excited. That same league,
1: laying, I'm also playing Devonta
0: Foreman in that league. Laying torn Achilles narratives to rest. God, God, and Cam Akers designated to return. Yeah, probably won't play this year. Rams will make the playoffs, so we could see a truly remarkable comeback. Hurt
1: in the off season again, just hey. laying waste to those. Um,
0: yeah, well, it was a goal line carry for Forbin, but still. Hey, I, I know it was one and three when I saw it. Or. It was at the three-yard line when I saw the drive start. So, Damn. I'll take it. Indeed. All right. I don't need efficiency when he's getting touchdowns. No, you don't. <laughs> same, same for you, Jeff Wilson. Same for you. That's right. That's right. Just keep fucking scoring, baby. All right. Detroit at the Falcons. Falcons are six-point favorites at home. Forty-two and a half. Easy game total. The Lions continue to be massive, massively fun to bet with. Nine and five on the season against the spread seven and three in their last 10 games. Atlanta is not a good team, which means that Detroit will probably struggle. Detroit just seems to play better against good teams. Both their wins came against teams that are probably, or at least one of them is a playoff team. Other one's a fringe playoff team, but they took Baltimore and they took the other Minnesota game to the last second. They played the Rams extremely tough at, at the beginning of the year. So I like Detroit to still cover this on the road. Let's see if they can get a road game win this year. Let's pray they get a road, a road game win this year. <laughs> I'm going to take the over here. Atlanta's offense has been meh. You know, 13 points this past week. they 29 against Carolina. 17-21-03. So they're all over the place from what to expect from this offense. Detroit does not have a good defense. So, the, you know, they play their asses off. But I, I think this game could be fun. It may be gross at times, but you might get some points here. I'm taking Detroit then the over. All right. Detroit not really oh well, Jared
1: Goff. Jared Goff is in code protocols for Detroit. So I mean, that's actually I mean, one last week without him,
0: so yeah. fuck Jared Goff. Well, no, 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 they had Goff, I'm sorry. They had Goff. Don't he was not... that was two weeks ago when they have Goff.
1: Right. Uh David Blau is the backup there still. Oof. So rough uh yeah as we talk about things just remember that david blau is the backup there still
0: because that's important It all it's always important buddy it's always important
1: yeah as far as the falcons go COVID perspective uh not really anybody something called into marlon davidson davidson so in this one Amon Ra St Brown's the name that jumps to that jumps out at me first and foremost is a guy that I've been paying a lot of attention to. I was a Amon Ma- a Ra fan. Um, I very very much liked him and his opportunity uh, to be pretty decent this year. He did have a, back in week four and five a couple decent games, and then kind of fell off a little bit here over the last three weeks. though, twenty six targets, upwards of seventy yards each game, two touchdowns. He's a big reason that the Lions have been keeping games close and and having success. Uh, He's figured it out. He's starting to break out. I like him to continue that trend against Atlanta. I am starting him on Rossi and Brown with confidence. Um, You don't know what the running game for Detroit is going to look like. It's going to depend a lot on if Swift plays or not. Dan, I know you're an advocate for keep Swift on the bench. Uh, Swift scares me a little bit, honestly, because even if he does come back with what we've seen out of Craig Reynolds, I don't know that you're going to get a full Workload out of Swift. You could see him more in, uh, you know, in receiving type situations, more in, um, you know, non-short yardage type situations. With Craig Reynolds given the opportunity to continue to to eat up the middle. That's kind of a guessing game. But you know, Swift is limited in practice, and even if they play him, I have some serious concerns about whether he gets a full workload or whether he's relegated mostly to uh, receiving down duties and, you know, maybe first.
0: First down duties. So I I I there's again, like you said, there's no there's absolutely no reason to play Swift. So you're, if you're you know Detroit, there's no reason to play Swift. If you're in fantasy, I agree. If you have Swift and you're at this point, it's and going could. to be very, very difficult to trust him. Mm-hmm. Especially with you know, with the implications uh, you know, being this high. So uh Yeah, and it's it's not a bad matchup, it's just
1: it's tough to see him coming off an injury and to think that they're gonna immediately jump him back in with a full
0: workload, especially with what they've gotten out of Craig Reynolds in the between the tackles game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you believe he's gonna have the best, the the pass catching work, there is some flex play to that. Mm-hmm. You know, Goff is no problem. You know, you know getting Swift involved in that asset, I, I would still assume Swift may see some goal line work. So I, I think the high value touches may be in his favor. But I agree with the. Uh, you know, with him getting a full workload, it's it's going to be very difficult. You know, to expect yeah. him to see that sixty-five plus percent opportunity, he he, he may not even get fifty percent snap share.
1: Yeah, and I I agree with that as well. And the other thing about him in the receiving game is that they need they need somebody else, right? They need somebody to step up in the receiving game. They've lost Khalif. Uh, well, I don't did they lose Khalif Raymond? I think they lost Khalif Raymond.
0: No, I think he's serious. I just don't oh. think he's he's
1: just not been what he was he's doing just, at the he, beginning of the year. He hasn't done yeah. Okay, yep. so we've lost Khalif Raymond. Um, <laughs> even if we haven't really, we might as well have. PJ Hopkinson's well. on IR. Um, St. Brown cannot be the only person that you're relying on to catch footballs in this offense, more or less. So, As for the Falcons, look, you know who to start there. It's been the same every year. It's it's Cordero Patterson, and then you've had uh, Russell Gage coming on here a little bit over the last several weeks. Um you know 12, twelve targets against last week. Kyle Pitts, yeah, he's a tight end, but the thing with Pitts is he's not the upside tight end you thought you were getting. At least not this year. Um did oh, I, have, God, he will be,
0: but not no. He's yeah. he's he's been absolutely great as a They're as a real life rookie tight end, but man, the expectations for him were
1: they were too high. To um Just one touchdown in the season, too, so uh, most of those are going to be your PPR-style points, which is still good for a tight end with the work that he gets. Um, Yeah. So for the Falcons, you actually do have a complement of players you can start. Engage, Pitts, and Cordero Patterson. On the other side of this with the Lions, uh, big on St. Brown. Like I said, he's a guy that I'm absolutely a fan of run out, plug him in, and and run with it um, because I think this will be a good game for him. And I've got a little bit of pause of, to sum it up. We got a little bit of pause about Swift, even if he does play. Um, if he doesn't play, you know, absolutely. Late night with Craig Reynolds into your lineup. <laughs>
0: oh, God, I know what he's doing after this year. All right. Jaguars at the Jets. <laughs> got to be the game of the week, right? Jags at the Jets. The battle uh, the of battle Lawrence of, versus Wilson. Yeah, I was
1: going to say a battle of the two rookie quarterbacks.
0: Battle of one versus two and maybe five versus uh four in, <laughs> in rookie performances this year. Oh god, it's been bruff for both of them. Anyways, Jets are one point favorites at home. Forty one and a half is the game total. Um, it's it's this is so fucking ugly. I'm just gonna bet you. I'm not betting either team. I don't I don't fucking know who wins this. The Jets are starting to feel, I think, a little bit of the COVID too, amongst right. their roster. In um, Jacksonville, just the the roster overall is pretty fucking bad. Sixteen points against Houston, I believe, and in, in, uh, in Darrell Bevel's first game as a head coach this year. So, yeah, <laughs> just take the just just take the over and just have fun. Don't put any actual you know large amounts of money on this game. Just willfully ignore just ignore it just pretend this game doesn't fucking exist yeah i mean (laughs) god it's bad
1: yeah it is bad um and pretending this game doesn't exist
0: is probably the best thing that you can do unless you have james robinson yep that might be the only player between both teams right it's gotta be just him yeah, I'm looking at it right now.
1: Braxton Berrios, actually, if you need an emergency floor play, he's probably okay. out there on waivers. If you couldn't pull anybody, in. he had ten targets last week, six receptions, fifty-two yards. Again, Jacksonville's not good; they're actually pretty bad. Uh, Michael Carter was activated last week, but is he back on COVID? Uh, no, or, the or other my my, the other Michael Carter is on COVID.
0: Oh, there's two. <laughs> there's a, two a fucking court there also
1: i was looking at the wrong week for braxton barrios i mean still maybe braxton barrios hold on i
0: gotta see this yeah i mean you do love your slot your way slot yeah uh, well, he, so. he got the touchdown
1: last week so i mean he's been utilized the target getter <laughs> last week was jameson
0: crowder so
1: yeah yeah you're probably right michael carter eight carries 18 yards not to be confused with michael carter the second the cornerback um <laughs> Tevin Coleman was the uh leading carry getter there. So uh God, yeah, it's no, so it's drunk. James
0: Robinson, and I don't want anything else to do with any of us. Just 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 remember James Robinson, great matchup. By the way, the Jets More than win, than likely. the Jets win this game. Sure. Let's hope so. So that you know the Jags and have a another high draft pick. All right. I'm move, just I'm keep, just moving on. Move on. Fuck this game. Uh actually good game. And actually it might be the one of the games of the week. Yeah. Not the the one after this. This is uh two more noon games, then we'll go to the uh the alcohol review here. Uh Rams at the Vikings. Uh Rams are three and a half point favorites. Forty eight and a half is a game total. And as Reddit has told me, <laughs> I need to be concerned about snow when the Vikings play in a retractable I, dome yeah. that it's going to be close.
1: So I am not convinced that that is not a Dave Kluge
0: burner account, given the level of <laughs> of thought. If they mentioned if, if if there was a mention of the Minnesota Police Department, then I I definitely would have known it. Well if, who do you think if he if got the Dan weather food. report from? He called him. Uh, that's true. And and then also is known about Cooper Cup, after every two every, after every two touchdown game huh. the next week he does the same exact thing. I'm like you do know what that means, right? Right, guy who po- the guy who made this post. What at every game he has two fucking touchdowns. Uh, we, I gotta go look and
1: see what point he was. If I can figure out what point he's trying to make, I actually. Have
0: a <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, the whole point is based off of weather. But he makes he makes that Cooper Cup point. I know no one no one mentions anything about it in the comments on Reddit, and he doesn't even correct himself. It's just like, oh, actually, I see what he was trying to say.
1: Ish, right? Week week two, week three, two touchdowns followed by two touchdowns, 96 and 163 yards on nine receptions both times. Week six, week seven, two touchdowns followed by two touchdowns, 130 and 156 yards, nine and 10 receptions. So what he's saying is I think the better way to word that would have been the two touchdown games have been coming in pairs for him.
0: There yet yeah, see? Not... Hear Have me. a professional do this. <laughs> if, right. Profes- <laughs> if, yeah, professional. Professional wording. Oh, what a great uh, joke.
1: But, yeah, Jesus Christ, Cooper Cup is so good. But, anyway, I, I see now... I had to look to see the point that he was trying to make because... I kept reading it, and I, I was like, uh, I think I know where he's going with this. What he said... Well, well, and you, out of anybody else, is uniquely positioned to understand.
0: Yeah, I I... I can understand things that make no sense and then yet never actually make sense. when I know when I say things, so, so it was saying that they come in (laughs) pairs. I'm pretty sure because the, when he's had
1: two touchdowns,
0: he was each time. It it was that he's basically saying this is that after every great Cooper cup game, there's generally comes a great Cooper cup game, which which has been the entire fucking this year.
1: His worst game this year is five receptions for 64 yards on 13 targets.
0: Yeah, yeah. He is uh I don't think there's a better pairing of wide receiver and scheme plus head coach in the NFL and and in The history. Well, yeah. like, I mean I mean he was doing this with Goff too, but not as much. I mean McVay, though. You recognizes, though. You recognizes like he yeah. just knows just how like what 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 works with Goff. Oh, this is McVay's Wes Welker. 100%. This is it, it's absolutely nuts cuz you know Matt Harmon made a post, you know, the guy that does the reception uh, perception, basically charts, you know, routes and, you know, success and everything else. Cup is horrible against man and the greatest, maybe the greatest of all time against zone. And the big V obviously knows that because Cup constantly plays in slot, mm-hmm. has a highly diverse route tree from that slot area and almost always gets paired up on zone. Like it, it's, it's Cooper uh, Cup is it, what it, happens if Hunter Renfro has more athleticism. And has an aggressive play caller and just an aggressive quarterback. I mean Well Yeah. And and it's obviously a little more athletic and a little bit more taller. You know, he's basically that song, you know, if I was a little bit taller. <laughs> yeah, I mean Hunter Renfro's diet Cooper Cup, let's put it that way. Right now he is. It's just my God, the Raiders. I don't know what they're gonna look like next year. All right, so hopefully a lot different. Anyway, this game. Because this, this game, is
1: the probably the fantasy game of the week.
0: It should be. Next week's probably or next game we talk about is probably the game of the week. This one's gonna be this one should be fun. Again, Rams at the Vikings, right point favorites uh 48 and a half game total. You know, Vikings have played better. So have the Rams. Rams Rams have covered three games in a row. The Vikings have covered five of their last seven. Both teams have done extremely well. I'm still taking the Rams. Though the Rams are just coming on straight. They they are one of the the more complete teams. You know they're a little bit glass cannon. Um, they're more obviously top heavy than there is depth there. But uh, this offense is going to be extremely you know extremely difficult to stop. Think of that um, that Thursday night uh, game. Rams Vikings from a couple years ago. There was like 60 total points in that game. Uh, Cousins went off. Goff went off. The cup. I think I think they still had Watkins in that maybe with them. still, I, I can't remember who's with them or not at that point. Maybe it was Cooks, but uh, that's the type of expectation this game. You have two very, very, very good passing offenses. And when you have to force Cousins to kind of throw throughout the game, we know how good Cousins can be. I do not expect the same type of performance, what we got from them in Chicago Monday night. So this is the, this is the true game. Hard to uh, get cousins. Hard to get worse than what? Hard to get worse. It happened in Chicago. In a game where minutes, like it was a game of like teams trying to be too nice to each other by not wanting to win that game. It was a game. Between all the bears penalties and the Vikings ineptness on offense. It it was a game of
1: referee. What the fuck is what that
0: was? It was so bad. Like, I thought the Steelers Bears games was bad from a roughing standpoint. This one. It's always the Bears. It is. I just. I just. I'm not sure what it is. Always the Bears. Always the Bears. All right. Uh, Go ahead. Rams in the over. Those are the bets. Rams in the over. Biggest COVID news in this one is Dalvin Cook.
1: Yeah, I believe he's also he's back, unvaccinated, so he's, so he's out. He is completely out. He's he's out. He's um, out. He's, he gone. You're gonna get, uh, get Madison's active again, so we know what that means. You're gonna get a steady dose of Madison. However, previously it's been only Madison, and we saw last week Kene Wanwu got a a series eleven yards of carry. Think they try to mix him in a little bit more.
0: Uh, he should. He is what we wanted from Mike Boone, and, and he's high, like he 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 fits. It's kind of like Murray and Jert McKinnon from uh, from a few years ago. So.
1: I think we see a lot of Wanwu on some of these receiving downs and and outside runs, and see him mix in with Madison a bit more than we normally would, given his
0: explosiveness. Especially so. with this game being, you know, just the uptick in offense and which we we'll yeah. saw from this past week, I think this is the game where you want to put speed on the field. Mm-hmm. and let those guys, you know, do work. That's not a
1: – Wanwu is not a this-year prospect. Wanwu is a – you want to see what he does as a dynasty stash for a couple of years from now, a back-end-of-the-roster guy, that type of thing, right? Yeah. Yep. That, that is – Wanwu is not a, a this-year thing. He's not a go plug him in you are in your playoffs What that really is is a – you're going to start Madison – it's really just something to watch for and something to give you a little bit of pause if you're debating Madison or maybe another guy that's like a a surefire starter. Now, Rams, generally speaking, can't stop the run. Just came off their best game of stopping the run against Seattle. So also something else to, to keep in mind. They've been terrible against the run all season and they bottled up Seattle last week. So... Don't think the Vikings are gonna have trouble there. It's just me throwing a little cold water on the, the normal Madison hype when Cook doesn't play. Obviously, Thielen, feel, er, if he goes, he should go. I think he was getting close last week and just barely yep. missed it. So I'd expect Thielen to play. It's gonna take any relevance away from KJ Osborne, um, who
0: super disappointed me last week. And I don't hate him in this matchup just because of the amount of uh just with the amount of volume oh. that should be in this game. I hate him because last week happened. I, um, I know.
1: And then, yeah, on the other side of this for the Rams, you you know, right? Cam Akers designated to return. He's not going to be back this week. Um, even no. if he is back this week, they're not going to immediately give him full full workload. Darrell Henderson's banged up. This is still a Sony Michelle game for them. Um, other than that, Rams pass catchers, Odell, Cup, Beckham, all for it. Stafford, absolutely plug him in. Uh, the only reason I'm not starting Stafford is because I have Aaron Rodgers. So, And even then. I was going to say. I have until feel- Sunday to make that
0: decision, right? This feels like, because both quarterbacks are very, you know, similar and you know, all they score their fantasy points this feels like a uh,
1: it feels like it's a better game for
0: Stafford I better a, Rogers, a far is, better Stafford it? game than it is a Rodgers versus um the bank who who the fuck are they playing they're browns? The browns. browns yeah yeah ooh yeah i mean it feels
1: like because of the game script that this is going to be more of a Stafford game doesn't it it feels like
0: cleveland's going to try to I mean this, this is, is my and matchup. And it's
1: in Green Bay, so colder weather. We'll this, see. This is my matchup with Nick in your league. I'm debating this on, but I I I'll tell you I looked at it earlier and said, Huh, I'm gonna have to sleep on that.
0: So Yeah, it's a it's a true coin flip. I'm
1: I'm heavily leaning Stafford. It's just not something I'm gonna switch up until probably last minute. Sure.
0: No, no, I, I get you. It, it, all right, all right. That that it feels like that's it. It feels very Chuck Rams. I don't oh, even know no, if it you is talked jock. about the
1: Rams. I did talk about the Rams. I just okay. said you play everybody. Okay, that works. And they, <laughs> uh Cam Akers, even if he, I don't that's expect him right. to be back this week. But given the Twitter hype videos and shit, if he somehow is, um, they, you're still leaning Michelle in that running game to start because they're not immediately going to give him full workload.
0: Oh, I I. Or they shouldn't. They shouldn't. All right, Bills at the Patriots. Probably the actual game of the week for uh, for you know for real football. Uh, um, not, Patriots not in nah. a blizzard. It's not going to be like it, it's not going to be like the game in Buffalo where you have no weather. You know, fucking literally everything up, and Mac Jones throws three passes. Uh, Patriots are two point favorites at home. Forty three and a half is the game total. I don't know what the weather report is there. Um, I think <laughs> Buffalo wins this I know this they're game. not in
1: a dome. Hold on. I'll figure yeah. out what
0: the weather is. Uh, I do think Buffalo wins this game. I think they would have beat New England at home had there not been a fucking blizzard and they had a resemblance of a running game to go up against uh, oh. the
1: Patriots. Hey, possible rain, snow, in the forecast. Of course there is. No, not there. We'll talk about this on Sunday. I was talking out the, the Vikings game again.
0: Um, okay <laughs> hold on I have this I I've got it I believe up. in you buddy I think AJ Brown went over 100 yards now did he in this game Hell yeah. and he scored a touchdown and he scored a touchdown I love oh, it oh let's go um, he thinks you love to see week six he's killing it right now Jesus Christ where the f- fuck is
1: it Bill's Patriots there it is uh 39 and cloudy 10 mile an hour wins um I don't see anybody with
0: problems, so no. AJ Brown uh ten for one twenty seven and a touchdown on fifteen targets. What did that just do to my DFS? Uh anyways. All right, so yeah, I'm taking Buffalo with the plus two. And I think i am taking the over here. I think we're we're gonna get a little more scoring in this, obviously. And while I do trust New England, I do like New England, like their defense, but Buffalo, baby, let's go. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go. All right. Um, From a
1: fantasy perspective on this one, first off, let's go look at, at COVID. I don't think, uh, other than Cole Beasley, which been waiting for that one all year.
0: I'm so fucking, look. I'm glad I'm not glad I hope he recovers and he feels like he does. He's such a fucking asshole Mm -hmm. and a piece of shit for this. Yep. Cole Beasley, Kendrick
1: Bourne are the two names to know with, with COVID and those are both significant. Um, as far as these passing attacks are concerned, look, this is not going to be a high scoring game. This is going to be a good NFL game. If you're a fan of the league, this is one you want to watch. I do not anticipate this being high scoring. Um, As far as the passing game goes, no Kendrick Bourne plays a little bit more towards Nelson Aguilar, who will take up some of that downfield work. Um, Helps him a little bit more than I think it does Jacoby Myers. Again, I don't like the Patriots passing game, other than Hunter Henry, who we saw go on an absolute tear. Um, The running game really tore the Bills up last time. They took a lot of scrutiny for it. I think that the Bills are going to be out to prove a point in this one. Looking at narratives, um, gives me a lot of pause around Ramondre Stevenson and potentially Damian Harris in this one. Um, I think the Bills are going to be hyper focused on the run. Uh, I don't like Mac Jones either. I, I'm real tepid on anything to do with the Patriots' offense this week. Um, you know, Jacoby Myers typically has decent floor, um, but there's nothing here I really want to pinpoint or I look at and I like. Now, do you believe the last matchup, Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, yes, yes. If you believe the last matchup. Then, uh, then yeah, you're all over the New England run game because it's not like the Bills didn't know they were running the football, and that they just out-executed them.
0: I don't think Buffalo lets that happen again. Uh, No, I don't either. I mean, it may, but uh, this offense I think is gonna uh, come alive in this. This is uh, this is the Buffalo, you know, prove it and shut up game, you know, for them to take that conference or, or to take that division back over.
1: Yep. Devin Singletary was the guy last week for the Bills running game. Um, we've seen it be Matt Burita is the more efficient back. I don't trust anything in the Bills running game. Stefan Diggs is a tough matchup against JC Jackson. Um, look, you're not sitting Diggs, but you have to be be careful with that one. On the other side of this, Gabe Davis benefits most from no Cole Beasley. So potentially Emmanuel Sanders as well. Um, I think it actually may benefit – There's going to be an adjustment here, right? Because I expect Sanders, who we know can play both um, outside and inside. I expect Sanders to slide more into the Beasley role. And I expect Gabe Davis to take over more of those downfield shots. We know that Gabe Davis is very, very adept at those. So uh, I actually am on Gabe Davis a bit this week. uh, But, again, I don't expect this to be points at a premium. So, you know, do you need a fill-in? If you lost, Godwin or... Or Evans, Gabe Davis is a guy that I will plant my flag on as somebody that you can plug in to replace them, and oh, feel yeah. relatively good about that upside. But I'm riding
0: high with him this week. Yeah.
1: Other than that, you're essentially chalk. I activated him off a of taxi squad this week. You had a minute. <laughs> second, second, <laughs> okay. second year player. That's fair. That's that. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I think it was. Um, <laughs> it's one of our dynasty leagues. It's one of your leagues or no well then it's it's probably my it was, home it's probably the non best ball league then. it was either your non best ball league or it was the listener league it might have been the listener league too okay I don't know one of them
0: anyway anyway alright that's all the noon games let's uh, well, why don't you do your preview and then we can talk about uh, beer review bourbon
1: If I were to sum this up in two words, it would be nailed it. Nailed it. As far as what this style is supposed to be, the vanilla beans first and foremost really come out onto the front end of this, and what that helps temper is it helps temper the alcohol percentage on this one. It's that said in the intro, Baltic porters, you're supposed to be able to taste some of the alcohol and the warmth. It is definitely there. It is an undertone, and that is largely because of the vanilla bean and what it does to balance this out. As far as multi-notes go, definitely... Uh, chocolate is the predominant note. I get a ton of chocolate. It's almost milk chocolatey given the Vandalibian on this. Um, aside from that, uh, there are some dark fruits that come out and play. Again, they're an undertone, kind of like the alcohol. It's a very, very good beer, very, very solid beer, very, very well executed for what it is. My um, right, first beer um, from Westside Brewing, again, this is Krampus Cole. Um, I will definitely be seeking out more. <laughs> They're from an area that I'm actually in a pretty decent amount, at least once or twice a year. So, um, we'll absolutely be seeking out more of this, uh, again, out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Very good beer, guys. Very, very well done. Um, and I may actually want to brew a Baltic Porter next winter. So, there's that too. I
0: hope you do. I probably will. I mean, I'm always, I'm always the advocate for never giving, you Uh, know. You have to give a style and a beer more than one try. Oh, by the way, um that pale ale cleared up yes. a lot
1: and more of the bittering and as the juiciness kind of fell off, more of the bittering hops came forward. It's so fucking balanced and good right now. It was my own one. It just needed another couple weeks in the keg to really settle out. It's my that learning makes sense. my learning opportunity. My learning uh moment from this one is that just because you can carve it up it doesn't mean it's necessarily ready to go or at its peak still needs a little time in the keg before you turn it into anything
0: a lot of times you find out that especially you know with IPAs it, it, I think the best parts of them take about a week or two to get there yeah this has been but the hop kind of settled out
1: it's been 3 weeks now and i think it's peaking from a clarity and a hop
0: balance perspective and everything it's, it's reached its peak Yep, I like it. All right, go ahead. All right, so again, this is 1792, 1792 sweet, sweet here. So on the nose-wise, um, I'm nosing it a little bit, but just, you know, you know, going through the wath and going through over the glass smell, you still get a bit of the ethanol on it. Uh, you can faints the chocolate, faints the vanilla. Um, you know, a bit of... Some of the spices on there, but, you know, nothing to write home about mm-hmm. uh, mouthfeel and taste-wise, though. Again, just like what you said, you get a bit of the alcohol, so you get a bit of that burn. When it clears up, though, you get you get some of the spices from it. You do get the vanilla. You get a little bit of the sweet cherry. Um, but it's it, it's faint. It's it's not overpowering. Um, the alcohol tends to favor away pretty quickly, but on that first sip, on the first taste you get it, it's it does it away for me. I don't like heavy ethanol front. I don't know it, 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 what that part takes into, but it does go away quickly, which is great because then you can you know then you can pick off the characteristics from the barrel. But it, it, it's that that first initial taste is what. I'm not a fan. I mean, it's not bad, but I'm not that much of a fan of it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I haven't had that bottle. So full now the full disclosure on what I told Dan when he asked me about that bottle, which was basically that I thought it was very thin, that it lacked depth, and that yeah. it was underwhelming, that it didn't deserve the hype that it got, that it was okay at the forty dollar price point, which I think is what it retails at. It's forty fifty somewhere in there. That, uh, forty bucks. Yeah. That it was all right at that price point, but it absolutely wasn't worth the secondary hype or the love that it got. That Most of that came from the name and the fact that it is a weeded bourbon, more so than it came from from the execution. I love 1792. Uh, Danny Kahn is a, a great guy. He's a guy that I've had the pleasure of speaking to personally on a couple of occasions. Um, I think their Thomas S. Moore wine is fantastic. Uh, 12 years good. They do some great single barrels. The Sweet Wheat is not one of their better offerings. Yeah, I don't know what will help with it, but
0: just uh, from a uh, what helps with what will help with it is an old fashioned, <laughs> a cocktail. That that's all right. What I that mean, hey, I'm fine with it. I mean, this is I mean it's about the same price as a Maker's, which is I which is my favorite bourbon to use. And I would go In for fashion. Maker's
1: forty six over the sweet wheat hundred out of hundred times. Well, so. it,
0: yeah, I don't have I, I don't have any forty six on me at the moment. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it's uh you know from a above-average novice, uh, a drinker's perspective. It's, uh... Eh. Eh. What are you grabbing? Oh, some 46. 46 cask. Oh, cast strength? Ooh. I do love me some cask strength. I mean, anything I see if, you know, that's cask strength, I get excited. I like, I like higher alcohol. I got some new stuff you need to try. I mean, I still have the... The makers I got when I was at Sutter House, I haven't cracked open. I'm waiting for that. I mean, I'm bringing that. Let me go. Let me you know link up next, and then obviously I'll bring it to Cincinnati when we see Brad next. Too, got so. a newer single barrel
1: that I picked up while I was down there that you need to try. It was a uh, bottle to support a, a charity that does research into SIDS. It's one of the best expressions from them I've ever had. I've got a – I actually got the uh, winter release of the Woodford Masters Collection, the uh, five-malt stouted mash bill. Okay. That'll make an appearance on the show because it's a crossover. And then,
0: yeah, there's a couple other things I picked up. Excited. All right. We have five games. One, two, three. Five games left. Three afternoon, afternoon games
1: game. and the two night
0: games. Yeah. And then anything else that gets pushed forward, which I wouldn't be surprised. Well, at this, point.
1: I don't know that anybody's trending that way.
0: Saints are probably uh, Maybe the Chiefs, because the Chiefs, the Chiefs have, have had a shit
1: ton. Uh, Saints are pretty bad right now, too.
0: Saints Monday night, that might actually save them. Yeah. All right, Bears at the Seahawks. Seahawks, six-and-a-half-point favorites. I hate 41, or I'm sorry, 42-and-a-half is the game total. Bears haven't covered a game against spread since early November. Seattle's kind of been back and forth a little better recently. um, Three of the last uh, four games covered and they're at home. Seattle though, is also dealing with some of their own COVID problems. I think Tyler Lockett's been activated off of it though. I think it's the last one I saw today at some point. Um, Also, take Seattle at home if I'm betting this game. I think six and a half is a bit too rich for a team that's been inconsistent from an offensive standpoint. Um, outside of this 10 point game against the Rams, uh, 33 and 30 against Houston and San Francisco is encouraging. And it's the Bears, but the Bears got absolutely everything they they I think they could have asked for from that secondary without their starters. I think they play, I thought they played tremendously well. That defense played extremely well. So, I still. I'm not gonna bet the spreader. I think it's too high. And uh, the game total feels like a trap. This is probably you know I'm going to avoid uh betting.
1: Yeah, Thomas Graham, by the way, uh one of the call-ups in that secondary got signed to the active roster. Was it
0: twenty seven? Twenty-seven. Tw- yeah, twenty-seven, and then I think I saw twenty-two where were we played extremely well. Yeah, Thomas Graham, twenty seven was the
1: uh was signed, was a sixth round pick that apparently had like a lot higher pedigree, but it opted out. Uh, Ah, okay. He ended up falling to the sixth round, primarily on you know practice squad guy, and then he got signed off of his performance. So I agree with you. The Bears secondary gave a lot more than they could, and the Bears actually moving the ball between the twenties and the broadcast beat this point to death. But it's true, the Bears moving the ball between the twenties were fantastic.
0: They got to the red zone. Clusterfuck. Total it was fuck. A penalties, a play calling. Justin feels it's if the Bears had kicked field goals yeah. instead
1: of going for it on fourth down, down in the red zone all the time, they would have won that game.
0: They should have won that game. Yeah. They were the better of the two teams again. Score, you know, score. Be damned. This is what happens when you get up two scores in football nowadays. You become more aggressive on the other side of the ball. Yep. and you saw what happened. All right. So back to that. Akeem Hicks, by the way, big reason that they took
1: over that game. He's on the COVID list now. Um
0: Sean <laughs> Sean running game now for them.
1: Yeah, the Nichols, uh to Gibson, Jalen Johnson still there. So two of their uh, uh you know, one of their starting safeties and their best cornerback are are sitting there um, on the COVID list, and then Allen Robinson is still there as well. Not that you would know; no, he's nothing anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that's for the Bears. Uh, for Seattle, again, we'll keep an eye on that. Biggest names you're watching there are not Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. It's the two members of the secondary and Akeem Hicks. Uh, for Seattle, uh, they did activate Tyler Lockett, so he will be back. DJ Reed, their top quarterback, is still on COVID though. COVID though, however, as is Travis Homer. Um, As is Will Disley. So, what that means. Bears secondary, Sean Desai, that group, they did a fantastic job getting them up to speed. Um, The Bears are a little broken up the middle. We'll put it that way. Although we did see them keep Dalvin Cook cook in check, even though they're broken up the middle. Um, So, I'm not necessarily running out to start. Seattle backs. Um, look, we saw the dumpster fire that was in against the Rams, a team that you've been able to run on all season. The Bears were depleted and still managed to keep cooking check. All that points to me is that I don't want anything to do with Seattle's backfield, given what we saw last week out of the Bears' defense and the Seattle run game against uh, what should have been a plus matchup for running backs. Um, as far as the receiving game goes for Seattle, I'm finally... You know, Lockett and Metcalf, look, Justin Jefferson still had a decent game. There was no Adam Thielen, who probably changes the complexion of that game. K.J. Osborne is flashed this year. He's not Adam Thielen. Yes, the secondary played well. Um, Metcalf has been a little up and down this year. I like Lockett a lot more than I like Metcalf. Um, But I think both of them have value this week, especially with no Keem Hicks if the Bears can't get that pressure internally. Uh, Khalil Max has been missing a ton of time. Uh so losing Hicks is a big loss to that pass rush, even though Seattle's off and that's gonna be the difference for DK Metcalf, I think. Is yeah. how much time does Russ have in the pocket? If the Bears are missing a key pass rusher. He's gonna have time. Uh on the Bears side of this, Dave Montgomery is uh, uh still just a solid running back too that you can go plug in and start, and Darnell Mooney's been their best receiver um especially with no dj reed in seattle absolutely like darnell mooney's chances and we saw cole Komet start to work in a little bit uh cole Komet and justin fields definitely have a connection uh that much is is evident on film and i think that that continues to grow and that you do see cole Komet put together another uh solid game here
0: nine targets 71 yards last week so no no he had a great game and uh it's what you want to see, you know. Your rookie quarterback, you know, finding second that year tight end with a second, you know, with your trusted tight end that, you know, that it, that is a good receiving option, especially one that can work over the middle with them. Yeah. You know, with them losing Allen Robinson and that, you know, that that bigger bodied receiver who can work in that yeah. spot.
1: And we'll talk about the Bears more in the off season, but you mentioned it: second year tight end, second year receiver, first year quarterback, all kind of gelling together. So it's great.
0: And just hopefully they get rid of a coach, and GM, sign my, and sign Michael Gallup. And sign Michael Gallup, and maybe even draft somebody to to revamp that receiving core. Even though that, even though that offensive line probably needs to be needs a lot more attention. So <laughs> there's a lot of things that need attention there. Yeah. All right. Broncos at the Raiders. Broncos one point favorites on the road. Forty one and a half is the game total. <laughs> Drew Locke's going to play. Hell yeah. He's um, back. It's going to come. It, it's either going to be... Amazing? It's going to be ugly at points. We're I, I, I expect to see some very poor decisions. Aggressive.
1: I think aggressive is the word that we're looking for here. It's I gonna think to be aggressively... Aggressive.
0: It's going to be aggressive in all sorts of ways. Um, again, just like the, the bears Seahawks and this is a game I don't really want to bet. Um forty one and a half as the game total is pretty enticing though uh both offices can score points um you know in a fair amount especially with drew and this team in this hopefully this uh office becomes a bit more a bit more vertical it won't go up temple what you do want to see is uh it's hopefully the the bad decisions are 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 of small note for lock that's what we're hoping for He's so. Wildly inconsistent with that decision making, it makes it really hard to trust the betting side of this because he can completely tank this offense if it's one of those type of games for him. So I, I'm going to avoid this game from a betting standpoint and just enjoy the shit show that will be the the Broncos and Raiders. All
1: right, well, the shit show that is the the Broncos and Raiders. Drew Lock, first and foremost, even uh, touchdown interception ratio in his career against the Raiders. Divisional opponent, so, you know, you got a couple of those. 1.3 to 1.3, 258 yards. We saw it with Tim Patrick last week, and what you can expect out of the Broncos is that this is going to be more of a downfield attack than you would get with Teddy, that it's going to be a more aggressive game than what you get with Teddy. Uh, The Broncos are not really missing anybody other than their center to COVID. Um, The Raiders are down a little bit in their secondary uh, Brandon Facyon and Nate Hobbs, so a uh, little bit banged up there. We saw Tim Patrick have a good game, have you know a very solid drive after Drew Lock took over last week, um, and we've seen Cortland Sutton find some success with success with Drew Lock as well. It's a plus matchup for the Broncos. So again, if you are, um, yeah. 12 targets to, to Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton last week. Um, that's, that's more than, I think, combined they've gotten with Teddy probably out of the last three weeks. So, against a Vegas secondary that is not very good, definitely bodes well for those two. If they've been sitting on your bench and you need to plug somebody in that has a little bit of upside, I think you can absolutely look at either one of those guys. To do that, and again, this is the the I lost Evans, the I lost Godwin, the Landry's on, you know, in timeout or not in timeout. He's on the COVID list, and you know, this is um again championship week. You're looking for upside. Those are two guys that have it. Uh, Broncos rushing game, uh, very very much went back to an even split last week, um. You know, you did see actually Javonta Williams be the guy that was more involved in the receiving game, although neither back really got it going there. Both guys were efficient in the rushing game, 15 carries apiece. You're going to see that split again. Again, it is the Raiders. There is upside to that, but there's also Florida, both guys. So just be aware. I don't know that one has an advantage on the other. Javonta Williams maybe a little bit being more involved in the receiving game. I think Javonta Williams at this point is more explosive but both, oh, he's
0: easily more explosive. Easily. Yeah.
1: Both guys have floor. As for the Raiders, I don't know what the hell they were doing last week trying to target Foster Moreau all the time. Um Hopefully they've learned their David, lesson, but know. this is a tough this is a tough secondary for them. So um they played already this year, I think. Yeah, I think so. Let's go look at that one real quick. They did play all the way back in week six. Uh, Hunter Renfro had his second worst game of the year that week.
0: With Darren Waller there. With Darren Waller there. there I'm not worried about that.
1: There should not be a Darren Waller. So, um, yeah, I'm okay with Renfro. I don't want to get cute with really anything else. Foster Moreau had a ton of drops, even though he's being targeted. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he's another just kind of RB2 that gives you some floor right now. He has uh Generally taken over this backfield, you had ninety-four total yards out of him last week. So he's a lot like Melvin Gordon in the sense where there's floor, and then if he scores a touchdown, you're really happy with it. But at least there's floor.
0: At least there's floor. That's it. This game is this game is gone. A Debo channeling is inner uh, his inner J his inner AJ Brown here. I'm okay with that. As this has become a. Uh, yeah, Debo up to almost 100, 175 total yards. I'd say
1: hundred and seventy-five.
0: Yeah, no touchdowns, obviously, but this game was core game. How about uh, hundred? How about hundred and five? He has he has one hundred and forty-three reception yards. Oh shit, and thirty-two. Receivers. This
1: hasn't updated yet. Then
0: yeah, uh, I, I watched mine through Sleeper. Oh. Sleeper, I think. Oh, a there it went. Yeah, he had a fifty-six yard. Uh, catch so and for I'll a catch. single come on yeah. Jeff Wilson which was hurts because I'm playing against him but uh, thankfully AJ Brown is uh, doing the best yeah he but can on too. the plus side it hurts Nick too it does that that's fair. I mean he hurt us for three years now he's gone so all right anyways <laughs> three games left last of the three o'clock game Steelers at the Chiefs Chiefs eight and a half point favorites 45 even is the game total Chiefs have covered five games straight. Been on an absolute tear. The defense has been playing extremely well. We know uh, Pittsburgh's offense um, not good. So Chiefs to cover eight and a half and this game to go under. I I don't expect Pittsburgh to do that well. 19 points at 28 against, against Minnesota, but only 20 against Baltimore, 10 against Cincinnati. He yeah, had the 37 against the Chargers, which was nice, but the Chiefs defense has stepped up outside of the 28 game that they allowed to the Chargers last Thursday night, 9 9, 9 14 7, 17 This defense is playing very, very good. And Pittsburgh's offense is not that. So the Chiefs, no. Chiefs cover 8.5 and, and the game to go under 45.
1: Yeah, I know. I was getting that no, no. shit queued up. Nate, you're good. Steelers are. Devin Bush is the most notable player for them. That's on on. And Marcus Allen. So they they're missing a couple linebackers. Um, as for the Chiefs, you mentioned they have the bad outbreak. Um, Tyree Kill is one of them. Uh, and Nick Bolton, Kyle Long, Blake Bell. Travis Kelsey, Armani Watts, Harrison Butker. So, you're really watching the Chiefs here for? Look, we talk all the time. The Chiefs are really a three horse pony at this point because it's not even Edwards Alaire being included in that discussion, and you've got Kelsey and Hill both on the COVID list at the moment. Um, yeah, it's going to yeah, it's going to be this is very a interesting. In this Sunday, yeah. yeah, this is a tune in Sunday one because if not. I mean, they're going to be trying to do this thing with Miko Hardman and. Miko Hardman and Demarcus Robinson and. Nobody else, for the most part. Clyde, Clyde, I guess. So, I mean, you've got to watch that because Hill and Kelsey are this passing game. They're the other half of Mahomes. We've talked about it a lot. The Chiefs do not have secondary receiving options that you can really trust yep and we have said a lot that that is something that that team needs to address and they have not and now you're in a situation where you could be missing both guys that's not a good uh a great thing so pay attention to that you are absolutely right about the Chiefs defense playing better and the Steelers offense not being that outside of Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson I don't want anything to do with Pittsburgh Chase Claypool's even been disappointing here down the stretch.
0: Yeah, it's uh yeah, this could be uh an easy under game, especially if uh, if Hill and Kelsey can get off the COVID list. And uh, touchdown, touchdown Brandon Ayuke. Two yard touchdown, tied at seventeen, praying for praying for OT. Uh so team over can potentially hit. I would actually be okay been, with OT. Let me see where I'm at. I made good money on underdog last week. I've been dipping back and forth. I I will always do team under, but I'll I'll, I'll uh I'll pick some specific oh games if I want yeah. to. So I
1: need eighteen yards from Tannehill and nine and a half for Ayuk to hit on yep. those. I mean,
0: I'm I, I'm in the same belt. I have so. I have the same players. I, I I hit Brown, obviously. I wish I would have picked Debo. I'd I pick Ayuk. I had I mean I picked both quarterbacks. We need. Little more work from Tannehill, but not much more. Well, he's going to get more work. I mean, OT. they're getting the ball with ten minutes so, or two minutes left. So yeah,
1: Tannehill will open. hit. I'm not. It's Iuk
0: I'm worried about. Yeah, we're open for OT or a, a quick score from uh, from Tennessee to force uh, San Francisco uh, to more. By all the
1: right. way, not sponsored. But if you
0: haven't done Underdog, it is the easiest way to win money. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. Uh, player props all the way. All right, two games left. Cowboys or. uh Washington football team at the Cowboys. Cowboys are ten point favorites at home. Forty-seven even is the game total. This is the uh, this one's really predicated on if if we're going to get Heineke back in this. Yeah. If they have their offense, if they have if they have a certain quarterback left, I'm taking Washington to cover. If they don't, and I'm taking Dallas in the under. Um, a forty-seven even game total, even with that ten point spread feels like a lot because I'm not quite sure what what FanDuel is trying to do here if they don't think they're going to have their starters. And Washington back, why would you have one of the higher game totals on the slate? Taylor so. he has cleared COVID protocols, by the way. Okay, so we're going to get that. So take Washington in this 10 points. Do it now before the spread adjusts because uh, 10 points for a inconsistent Dallas team, especially you know, Dak going through his own issues right now, is easy money. Yeah. Easy money. The
1: key players that uh the football team is missing are non skill position. They're missing linebacker Cole Holcomb, uh Kendall Fuller, who I believe is I think he's their top defensive back. And then uh Brandon Scherf and, and Tyler Larson. So uh Scherf being a main state guard. So they are missing some key pieces, uh particularly on that defense. Dallas has managed to avoid this mostly. Uh, Malik Hooker, most noticeable notable guy that that they're going to be playing without. So uh, Antonio Gibson's battling turf toe again. Oof! So he did play through it into last week. That's mostly a pain management thing. Um, it'll be a game time decision. I expect him to play. I don't expect him to be really limited in any way. If they do again, played through that last week, so he should be all right. Uh, Heineke's back. Terry McLaurin's obviously the guy that that you want to target. Diggs is the 88th rated cornerback on PFF and we've talked about it a lot. He's opportunistic. He's a ball hawk. He's not locked down. so Definitely going to be some opportunity there for Terry McLaurin. Uh, Amari Cooper, been very, very not involved the last couple weeks in Dallas's game plan. Uh, More CeeDee Lamb on that one. Uh, We did see Dalton Schultz put together a good game last week after kind of disappearing a little bit on uh, in favor of, of Michael Gallup. Uh, if those two are trading off, you're going to be, well, you're not going to feel great about either of them. Honestly. Yeah. If they're trading, yep. if they're and I think Gallup, yeah, Gallup just 32 yards last week. So if those two are trading off, um, I, it's not really a one or the other thing. I'm going to shy away from Gallup a bit though. Um, other than the touchdown in, in week thirteen, he's been kind of pedestrian over the last couple of weeks. Um, whereas you had a much weaker position group for for Dalton Schultz to where he's at least a guy that has some upside to where you, you want to start that. Um C D Lamb's fine. And uh, you know, Tony Pollard dealing with the plantar fascia issue. Um, you know, Zeke's still going to see probably lion share of the workload or cowboys share of the workload I guess so hey eh, right, I'm good <laughs> yeah yeah maybe followed in a pinch but anyway
0: that's it for that game all right Monday night game get the fuck out of here Dolphins at the Saints. Dolphins right in the six game winning streak is three point favorites 37 37 and a half that might be the lowest game total I've seen all year. That is fucking nuts. Thirty-seven and a half is the game total. I know. I know. There's some. Uh, the Saints are going through their COVID problems right now. I'm. I, I would have still taken the Dolphins, anyways. Um, riding high on this six-game winning streak, Tannehill just hit the over. Yeah, it's perfect. I need. Uh, again. Need the Niners to get the ball back so I, so I can, can no, he didn't. I lied.
1: I lied. Anyway, not important right now. Keep going. We'll get through (laughs) this and then we can root for the end of this game together.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, together. Uh, I'm still, I'm still taking the Dolphins to cover minus three. Um, Saints are going through their own COVID issues, I believe, right now. And his game total just seems way too fucking low for me to even care about just give me uh, just, just give me the Dolphins to cover three. Yeah, this is a
1: really hard one to care about. Uh, Jalen Waddle should be back. He gets a ton of target volume. Saints defense is tough. Gardner Johnson is going to be a we'll call it unique challenge there, um, yes. but as is Lattimore. So uh, Waddle's been pretty bulletproof this year, though. Gaskin and Duke Johnson. Yeah. Um, Saints decent against the run, pretty good against the run, actually. Um, that really makes me not want to chase Duke Johnson points. Uh, You also probably saw more workload out of him than you would normally get, given the fact that Gaskin was coming back from from COVID. That's going to be a clusterfuck of inefficiency coming out of that backfield this week, I think. I don't want anything to do with that. On the Saints side of it, if your name's not Kamara, probably don't want much to do with that either. Marquez Galloway is a deep ball artist. There's a lot of boom busts there. Um... You're not going to have Taysom Hill or are going to have Taysom Hill. I don't know. Taysom Hill ruled out officially. I'm pretty sure. Trevor Simeon's on COVID protocol right now. You're looking at Ian book for the saints.
0: Yeah, it's it. It's uh, both uh, Trevor Simeon and, uh, and Taysom Hill have been ruled out. So Ian book, Notre Dame is your starter.
1: Yep, and I don't have anything to say, really. Not about Ian Book, anyway. I don't even think I actually got around to watching his film. I think he was far enough down for me to where I just didn't do it. He's eh. So, Ian Book's, yeah, very meh, third-string quarterback. Um you know, we'll you'll see what you get, but that it's not going to make you want to do anything with that receiving game. It's Camara, and they'll probably try to lean on Ingram a little bit more as well. Try to get most of their offense going through that running game. It's the one thing not having Taysom Hill does help with. <laughs> is the Mark Ingram front, but still, I don't want to rely on that either. There's other guys that I like more than that, like Craig Reynolds, for example.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. That's all we got. We'll be back next week. We'll see you guys on Sunday. We will see you guys on Sunday. Maybe earlier than normal, but we'll see you on Sunday. I'll talk to you about that in a
0: minute. All right. All right. See you guys. See you guys.